Hello, friends. I'm Brian Peart, and I want to welcome you to the Great Awareness Podcast, a podcast focused on helping Christians make sense of this world we are in. The goal is to encourage, but never at the expense of truth. We will take the truth found in Scripture and apply it to the real spiritual battles going on today. We will ignore preconceived beliefs, news media noise, and politicians' words, and look at actions, what is really going on. Then use the truth of Scripture to accurately discern the times and how we need to respond. Jesus said in John 8.32, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And that is what we are going to attempt to do with each podcast. Get to the truth so we can live as we've been called. Hello, friends. Welcome to the first podcast of 2023, The Great Awareness. The Great Awareness is a podcast for Christians. Our goal is to kind of look out at what's happening in the world today and, and and look at it with the eyes of truth and try to figure out what's really going on so that we make good decisions and wise decisions. I want to start this one off with a premise statement. And the statement is this, where you put your faith will determine your belief system, and that will determine how clearly you see the truth. Let me say that again. Where you put your faith will determine your belief system, and that will determine how clearly you see the truth. So let's look at uh, an example. Stocks. If someone's a stockbroker or most of their money is in stocks, they have to believe that the Fed's going to win the war on inflation, that everything's going to be okay, that the recession is going to be short and quick, and, and, um, and that uh, stocks are going to go higher and, and to buy the dips. They have to believe it, okay, because their, their faith in their, whether it's their business or their retirement or whatever the case may be, is tied up in those stocks. So they have to believe Kramer on CNBC, who's telling them the stocks are going to rally out of here because they need it to be so. But that means that they're going to listen to whatever feeds that belief, and they may not be listening to truth. Okay, so, so where you, you place your faith is where, what will determine your belief system. As Christians, we're supposed to look for the truth. The Bible says Jesus is the truth. In John eight thirty two. 32, uh, he says he's the truth and the truth will set you free. Our faith really needs to be in Jesus. We really need to know deep in our souls that Romans eight twenty eight is true. Romans eight twenty eight says he will work all things for good. So the Christian can go and look into the future and say, hey, even if things don't go my way, Jesus is going to pull me through it. And so we're free to look at things as they are. We're free to look at things for the truth that will lead us to better decisions and more fruitfulness. So let's look at the events that are happening right now at the start of 2023 to see what's really happening and to try to get clarity. But first, I've got a question for you. Where is your faith? Look at where you spend your time, your energy, your conversations, that's your belief, okay? Uh, maybe you wake up in the morning and, and you, you can't even do a Bible study because you've, 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 you're thinking so much about your business and you, all these worries and these things. And then you go into the, the day and you're talking to everyone about the economy and all these other things because they're so important to you. And you spend your entire day, time, energy, worry, stress regarding your, your work. Well, that's, your, that's where you're putting your faith, that's your idol, okay? Maybe it's your 401k. Maybe you, you've got enough assets where you, I know people like this, where they've got a, all their assets. They're just managing their own assets. They're, they're independently wealthy. They're managing their own assets. But all they spend their days thinking about is money, stocks, 
the reading up on articles for more ways to hide money, do money, et cetera. And, and that their whole faith is based on that. So they've got to believe that things are going to get better, that the stocks are going to rally, that things are going to work, that inflation is going to go back down. They have to believe it because it's, it's where their faith is. Okay. Maybe you believe, uh, maybe you spend a lot of your time. You're on one side of the government fence or the other. Maybe you're a Democrat or you're a Republican and, and you're spending a lot of your time on Facebook, hammering the other side and, and, and talking to other people about how, if we could just get more of this party or more of that party or the party in power, we can, we can fix things. I've got a friend Back when Putin first attacked um, Ukraine, you may not remember it, but about a few weeks later, there's, there was this trucker strike up in Canada. And I, I reached out uh, through Facebook to a buddy of mine who's up in Canada, and I hadn't talked to him in a while, and we ended up connecting and having a two-hour phone call. And we talked about that because I wanted to get the inside scoop from a Canadian, what was really going on, right? So, so we talked about that, but then we talked about Putin and everything. And, he, and, he, and, and if you remember back then, here was the, the, the line of NATO and, every, and all the news media and everything. We were going to sanction Putin. That was going to starve him out, and this thing would blow over in about six weeks because Putin couldn't possibly hang with all these sanctions, okay? And, and, and that was what the plan was. And, and he says, and that's going to work. And I'm like, well, well, buddy, what, what if it doesn't? What if that doesn't work? And he goes, Brian, you have to have faith in your government, okay? Because if you don't, you're going to be like those right-wing guys that are all angry and, and ticked and, 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 and they have no peace about themselves. <laughs> and, and so the truth is you can look at things, okay, as they really are and not be mad about him if you've got your faith in Christ, right? You don't have to be like he was saying. And, and the reason at the end of the day why he believed so heartily that it was going to happen, he had an international trading business that was being significantly impacted by the, the war between Putin and Ukraine. So he had to believe it was going to come to an end quickly. So he had to believe what NATO was selling him because he needed it because his... His family's livelihood was on the line, and so he had to believe, again, whatever they're telling him. So, so we believe again. We, what we have faith in is what we believe in, okay? But when you have Jesus Christ as your faith, as us Christians do, if we really put our faith in him, it'll allow us to see clearly. Without bias or malice, we can simply see the truth. So check yourself. Where are you spending your time, your conversations, your money? That may be where your faith is. And if that's the case, you're going, you're going to spend your time and your money with what you value. The litmus test is time. All right? God needs to be preeminent if we want to live as new creations in a fallen world. If we want to get to the truth, we've got to believe in Christ and him alone. One final thing before I dive in to kind of some of the big, big issues of 2023 right now is this. You may hear things from what I'm about to share that you don't like, okay? And, and I'm going to ask you not to dismiss them quickly. All right. To ponder them, to check yourself. Don't be like the Pharisees in John eight. OK, in John chapter eight, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and it's very interesting what ends up happening. I'm going to read it now from John chapter eight, um, beginning in verse thirty one. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. That's a true statement. Uh, The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak to what I've seen with my father, and you do what you've heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our, is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the things that Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You're doing the works your, your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, <laughs> he's just so calm about it, man. I love it. If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I'm here. I came out of my own accord. But he sent not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It's because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he's a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the word of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. The Jews answered him, Are we not right saying that you're a Samaritan and have a demon? So now they're calling him demon-possessed. You know, Jesus answers, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. So we look in that little, um, what do you call it, conversation there, okay? And what did they believe in? They believed in their religion, their nationality. They were sons of Abraham. They were the chosen people. And because they believed on that, they couldn't see the truth of the Son of God. They couldn't see the truth of salvation right in front of them. And even though Jesus clearly stated it out to them, they just couldn't see it. And because they couldn't see it, they labeled him a demon and they wanted to kill him. And that's very prevalent in America today, right? If a side is is different than your belief, there's there's words for them. You're a trumper or you're a magger or you're a you're a lib or you're whatever and, and there's these names that we call each other, okay? When 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 the other side doesn't believe what we believe. And and I want to challenge you today. I'm about to share some things you may not like because maybe they struggle with your belief system. Okay? Don't call me a name. Write it off and ponder it, okay? Don't blindly believe me either, okay? Search your heart, search scriptures, which is real truth, and test it. But be open-minded to what I'm about to share. All right, you ready? Let's go. I'm going to start with the economy, okay? Um, one of the biggest things happening in the economy right now is inflation, all right? And, and the story that's happening, here we are in, in uh, January of 2023, Okay, the 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 story that's being spun is that the Federal Reserve is winning the war on inflation and inflation is coming down. Okay, but the facts of the case kind of show it otherwise. All right. Um, The thing everyone's pointing to right now here in 2023 is is that the CPI has dropped down to six and a half percent, meaning that the inflation, by the way, the government runs uh, their inflation numbers is is running at six and a half percent and that's down now let's look at the facts though okay inflation started 2022 at seven and a half 
the Federal Reserve raised interest rates four and a quarter percent in one year. Four and a quarter percent, okay? And that rate ended the year six and a half. So it went from seven and a half to six and a half after four and a quarter percent. However, if you look at the underlying numbers, almost all of that was in gas because the gas prices ended the year lower, 10% lower than they were at the start of the year, okay? So the truth is, there's really not a big drop in inflation, okay? After four and a quarter percent, there's still not a big drop in inflation. So what are they going to have to do? Keep raising the rates. Now, in the last two weeks, gas prices have gone up 20 cents. So if that continues, then these inflation numbers that they're touting are going to go the other way here in a few months, okay? But, but the biggest thing that's happening is that people are confused about what really drives inflation and what really happens. So the current federal chairman, Powell, is quoting Volcker. He, what he's trying to do is what Paul Volcker did in 1980. Uh, we had high inflation in the 70s, and Volcker in 1980 started raising the rates really high. And over the last 40 years, we've had lower and lower inflation, lower and lower interest rates, and in the last 10 years or so, it's just been hovering at the bottom, okay? So we had 40 years of inflation, and everyone says, or, or they're hoping that it's because he raised the rates, but there's really something else that caused this low inflation that we've enjoyed for 40 years, okay? And it's globalization, all right? And you're not going to hear this being talked about, but, it, but it's true. In the 1970s, nothing was made in China, nothing. China was crap, really. Uh, there was nothing made out of China, okay? Today, everything's made in China. I'm talking to you on a microphone speaker that's probably made in China. Um, <clears throat> so, so, so what happened? In 1980, we began to outsource labor. The number one expense of every company, the number one expense uh, to make anything is labor. That iPhone that costs $1,000, the parts that go into it are probably 20 bucks. What are they paying for? They're paying for the, the um, technicians. They're paying for all the app people that they have to pay for. They're paying for all the senior executives. The, all of those costs of those people have to be made from the profits on those phones. So most of the cost of why that phone costs what it is, is labor. Now, back in 1980, there, you had unions, you had, you had high inflation costs, and, and they began to outsource labor not just for manufacturing, which went overseas, but also even services like call centers. Call centers became out of India, okay, and, and, and other places where they could get the labor cheaper. So now, instead of people making 10, 15 bucks an hour making the products, it's people making 50 cents or a dollar an hour, and, and that kept the cost down. So that allowed us to keep having lower and lower costs. That allowed employees to not have the kind of say-so they used to have to get um, increases in, in wages, et cetera, and that brought it down. Well, now the reverse is happening. Since COVID hit and since there's been supply disruptions, we're bringing manufacturing back to America. That's why the job market is still so strong. Even though you're seeing weakness in, in certain industries and stuff, the job market is still very strong. Why? Because we're bringing manufacturing back, okay? But the problem is those chips that were made two years ago by a bunch of people making a buck an hour are now going to be made by people making 20 bucks an hour. And those chips go into everything, and so the costs of stuff is not going to come down because the labor market 
isn't going to allow it. Once people are making 20 bucks an hour, you can't cut their, their um, income back down to 15 So this increase is stuck. We're, we're here, and it's not going to go back down. It's important to see this, okay? It's important to see the truth because if you sit there right now, the middle class and down are struggling with inflation, they're buying in Walmart instead of Kroger. They're, they're changing what they're buying. They're going to generic brands instead of whatever. They're changing their habits and whatever to try to deal with this inflation thing, middle class and down. So if you believe that it's just going to get better and you don't make any changes and it doesn't get better, you're going to be in a hole, okay? But if you can look at the facts of the case and see that, hey, this inflation may not be coming down, then you can start adjusting to it, okay? Maybe you have to get a side gig, or maybe you, you do away with some streaming service or something. Maybe you just get a little tighter on your budget, whatever you have to do. Now, the upper-income people, they've not been hit by inflation, but, but if they believe the stocks are going to rally back and the Fed's going to win and, 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 and that doesn't, that changes what you put your allocation of assets to, okay? So all of it matters. If... If you believe one thing because the media is telling you it and everybody has to believe it because they need to believe that stocks are going to go up and, and the market's not going to crash and there's, if anything, there's just going to be a short recession, everyone has to believe that, then, then, then you can be deceived, okay? And you can have uh, be blindsided by, by things when they really happen. They pumped out a ton of money. In 2020, 2021, 2022, for, for, well, 2020 and 2021, they pumped out a ton, ton of money. The, the um, government pumped it out. So there is a lot of money around. Now, pumping out money is inflationary. The more dollars you have out there, uh, th that increases the rate of inflation, okay? But one of the big things that, that happened was small business owners, okay, were able to tap the credit markets. So the EIDL loan, which the government came out with to help quote-unquote struggling businesses, all right, was tapped, was an amazing opportunity for small business owners and commercial real estate owners to get rates of three and three-quarters percent on a 30-year loan that they didn't even have to make a payment on for 30 months, okay? It, was, uh, it allowed small business to tap the bond market the way the, the governments and the way the big big companies like Apple can tap the bond market. It allowed us to basically borrow cheap, okay? And, and a lot of people took advantage of that. And, and it is those people, the, the middle-income people aren't the ones that are staying in the hotels along the beach that are now charging 500 a night instead of 250 a night. Um, it's, it's the small business owner who's flush with cash. It's the, the commercial real estate investor. So what happened was... Uh, like, for example, I did a loan for a car dealer. He took out a million-dollar EIDL loan, all right? He still had 800000 of that in the bank when he came to me for a loan. So, so he was living high on the hog. He had all this money in the bank. He felt like he had—he he was just running and gunning and blowing and going, but he hadn't even made a payment yet. This quarter, first quarter of 2023, all of those EIDL loans, you have to start making your first payment. His payment's $10,000 a month on that money. All of a sudden, he's got to start making 10000 a month. And, oh, he's a used car dealer, and used cars have come back down. So all of a sudden, his business looks dramatically different in just three months than it did three months ago. 
he's not going to keep spending money the way he was last year. This quarter, the way the SBA rates work, so the Federal Reserve raised rates four and a quarter. They raised 2% just in the fourth quarter alone. That 2% doesn't change the rate until the first quarter. So it goes on the following quarter. So this month, millions of businesses around the country that had SBA 7A loans, their rates just went up 2%. And on a million dollars, that's a lot of money for a small business. You combine that with inflation, which is eating away at the profit margins, and, and the people that drove this economy over the last year or two are all of a sudden going to have to tighten their belts. And that's going to slow things down. Okay, I had one um, real estate investor who had seven properties in seven different LLCs, and he took out seven different EIDL loans. Because you could take out an EIDL loan, all you needed was a, a, corporate, um, a corporate ID number, a federal ID number. Okay? So he just gathered all this cash up, didn't make a payment on it, but now he has to start paying all that stuff back. And these properties don't cash flow enough to pay all those things back. So all of this is happening, and, and most people don't realize it. That's where you're getting so many indicators that are so confusing to people. People can't understand how we can have, you know, slowing growth in some things, but then strong, strong labor market. How can we have, you know, um, it's because of these things. And, and the, they're transitional. They don't last. All right. Eventually, everything comes home to roost. And this quarter is when it comes home to roost. So you're going to start seeing a slowdown, even in the upper income people, over the next few months. Now, the uber wealthy, nothing changes for them. All right. But the, the, the next tier of wealthy people, the upper income people, the upper middle class people, and the, and the wealthy people, they're going to begin to change their ways. Okay, and to be more cautious, printing that money is inflationary. So, so, so that's the reality of it. We're going to have slower growth and inflation. Okay, that's called stagflation, and that's traditionally not good for stocks and bonds. So, if your faith is in stocks and bonds, you're not going to like to hear me say that. Okay, your faith instead is in the Federal Reserve who's fighting inflation. So that's the, that's the next big thing of 2023, the Federal Reserve fighting inflation, raising interest rates, okay? We just discussed how they're not going to win that war, okay? They can't win it because they can't make people cut their labor costs and, and they, you can't stop all this bringing the business back to America that's happening because the supply disruptions. That's something that's gonna that took years to unwind and it's or years to wind out and it's going to take years to unwind. So... So they're not going to win. Last quarter, fourth quarter, the Federal Reserve will have lost money for the first time in 107 years of its existence. Okay? The Federal Reserve, they're going to lose money. Okay? <clears throat> and there's almost no way for them to turn that ship around. Because what happened was during the COVID times, the Federal Reserve began buying... Treasuries. The only people that were buying U.S. Treasuries at that time was the Federal Reserve. They were buying $80 billion of U.S. Treasuries every single month. $80 billion, okay? But they were buying those when the rates were 2%. Now the rates are 4.5. So the way the bond market works is when the rates are low, your price is high. And when the rates are higher, your price is low. So they bought high, and now they're stuck trying to sell low. And that means you're going to lose money on that paper. 
Okay, they're, they, they, the only way they can fix that is to get interest rates back to 2%. To get interest rates down to 2%, they got to get inflation down to 2%. So we're up at 65 after they raised the rates 4.25%, most of that from, from gas, which is starting to go the other way. And they got to get it all the way down to 2% to be able to, to right this ship on their economics. Okay. <clears throat> So they have to keep selling people that they're going to be f winning this fight on inflation. But as that truth comes out over the next three to six months, they're going to lose that credibility, okay? And, and the problem is the only other option for them is to crash the economy. Because if, the theory goes, if when the economy crashes, then everyone has a flight to quality, meaning the world starts buying government debt. A of course, the assumption there is that the U.S. stays perceived as the world as solvent and good. And we're going to talk about the government in a minute. But the Federal Reserve can't win that fight. I, I had someone say to me the other day, they keep raising rates. It's like they're trying to crash the economy. I'm like, maybe they are. Maybe they are. Brian, you can't say that. The, our government officials aren't gonna aren't gonna do something that's 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 harmful for us. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna try to hurt us. Um okay. Uh but the only way they can win the game is to get the rates bound to two percent. Okay? So so they're either gonna lose the game or they're gonna somehow try to get a crash event to happen, okay? What they're selling everybody, because this is the ideal, would be a soft landing and that they're going to win the war on inflation. But as that becomes uh, clear to everyone over the next three to six months, they're going to lose that credibility and they're not going to win the game. Okay, We are the reserve currency of the world. The dollar is the reserve currency of the world. I was in the Caymans and, and the Caymans are owned. They're a British colony. Okay, But even the British have to trade their pound in for dollars to be able to spend money down in the Cayman Islands. You either have Caymanian money, um, I believe that's how they pronounce it, or the dollar. Those are the only two currencies allowed down there, okay? So, so we're the reserve currency. When we want to buy oil, we just buy oil in dollars. When Europe wants to buy oil, they have to convert their, their pounds or their francs or whatever into dollars and then buy the oil. That's why gas is more expensive in Europe than it is here in America. And as long as we stay the reserve currency of the world, that's, that works okay for us, okay? But we're the reserve currency of the world because the world believes that we're solvent, that we're good, that we're in control of our finances, and that we're the strongest of the countries out there, okay? If the world loses faith in our Fed or in our government's ability to pay back its debt, okay, we could lose that reserve status, okay? Right now, the world has so much of our debt, they absolutely don't want that to happen, okay? No one does. Um, but there, there may come a point where we're so obviously not managing our money properly that it becomes riskier for them to keep us as the reserve currency as not. And, and that's because our government can't pay its bills, okay? Um, the path we're on is dangerous because we're we're completely insolvent. In 1990 in the last 2 years of Clinton's term, uh, 99, 9899 and the first 2 years of Bush's, we actually had a balanced budget. That means the money we brought in from taxes 
was able to pay all the bills of the federal government and they didn't have to borrow a dime, okay? And then 9-11 hit and we created the Homeland Security and hundreds of thousands of people had to be hired by a, a government that doesn't actually produce any goods or services. So, so they had to just morph this, this out of thin air. Okay, our government is the number one employer in the country and they don't make a thing. All right, and that's a problem really for good stewardship. And so the, um, by the end of Bush's term, we were borrowing a trillion dollars a year. It kept going up each year, and then we were borrowing a trillion dollars a year just to make good. So we collect all the taxes, we pay the bills, and we're short by a trillion dollars. And we had to borrow a trillion dollars in 2008. Then Obama came in, and he had to borrow over a trillion dollars every single year, and the number kept creeping up. Then Trump came in, and he had to borrow trillions and trillions of dollars for COVID. Okay, Now we just passed a $1.7 trillion thing just to keep us open for for. Um, the, the next year. So, so we're up to now $2 trillion shortfall every year. Meanwhile, on this $34 trillion of debt that we have, the interest rates are going up, which means that the payments are going higher, which means we're going to fall even further behind. Okay. Now, as of yesterday, I'm speaking in what, what is it, the 20th of January? As of yesterday, we hit the debt ceiling, which means the government can no longer borrow until Congress passes and approves us to keep borrowing at a higher number, okay? And there's going to be some wrangling about that. But at the end of the day, we all know they are going to pass it because they don't want to do what needs to be done to right the ship. It's easier to just approve it and keep borrowing more money. But the problem is, is there's no way out, okay? We're going into debt quicker right now than any other nation. We're, we have more debt as a percentage of our uh, GDP than every country in Europe except for two. We're more insolvent than many of the countries in the world. And you were still perceived as this safe bet. But we're in a death spiral. We can't balance our budget for less than $2 trillion. That number's going up. We're, ha we're having to increase Social Security because the inflation's going up. Um, so that's going to increase the amount of money that the government has to come up with. The interest is going up on all the debt. The debt is ballooning out of control. And the government's only solution to fix all this is to print more money, which again is inflationary, right? So that's going to add more inflation, which then we start all over again. Neither party can fix it. Democrats can't fix it. The Republicans can't fix it. Trump can't fix it. No one's going to be able to fix this machine because they don't want to fix it. Because to fix it would, would cause, we'd have to get rid of hundreds of thousands of government jobs and raise taxes through the roof and, and do that for 10, 20 years to fix the ship. No one's willing to do it. And so it's going to keep spiraling out of control. So if your faith is in the government or the Fed, if you're really believing that this, in, this inflation is going to get better and, and we're going to engineer a soft landing and it's going to be whatever, then everything I'm sharing with you is scary. I mean, you're not liking what I'm saying, okay? And you may have already turned off this thing because you don't want to hear it. But, but you got to keep in mind something here, guys. If your faith is in God, you can see the truth and not be afraid, and then you can make the right decision. Because guess what? The Roman Empire fell, but there's still Rome, Italy today. I can go to Rome, okay? We may fall as a country from grace as far as the coup de grace country of the whole planet, okay? But there's still going to be a Georgia, 
there's still going to be a California. There's still going to be a New Jersey. There's still going to be people buying things and, and whatever. It's just going to look drastically different. It could be very painfully different, but it's going to look different. But we're still going to be there, okay? And, and, and even though it might be tough, God, if you believe the Bible, where God brings all things for good, he's going to bring us out of it. He's going to bring good things, okay? Maybe your, your faith is in your business, and it's doing good right now. And you're saying, Brian, you don't understand. My business is booming. Guess what? Mine is too, okay? Right now, my business is crazy busy, Okay, but that can be deceptive and that can let you down. My business is doing great. <clears throat> but if the currency were to crash, okay, if they were to take us off the thing, I'm going to get hit as well. Okay, and, and, and I can look out and say, look, some of these things that are happening here, uh, they're, they're going to be bad for my business, but I'm not afraid of it. Right. So I'm realized that my my business might slow down. But I'm a good steward, okay? And what you do if you're a business owner and, and the, the, the business that you're in starts to slow down is you gain market share, okay? So focus on gaining market share. But if America goes down, all of these things will only hold up for a little while. The, setting up some, some six months reserves and some gold and all these other things are things you can do. But at the end of the day, if we crash, we crash, okay? Much of that is beyond our control. We can't control it. You got to be a good steward. That's true. But you can't control some of the things that are coming down the pike. So you, you really have two options as an individual here looking at your business, stocks, whatever it is you put your faith in. You can turn a blind eye to some of the things that I'm pointing out that are clearly happening here in America today and keep going along drinking the Kool-Aid, believing it's all just going to be okay. You can be like the people in Noah's day that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, 38 and 39. Actually, let me read that real quick. So, uh, Matthew 24, 38, Jesus says, For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. Now, that's an end times dissertation he was talking about in that time, and I do not believe we're, we're in the end times right now, okay? I think that's still a few years off, but... but <clears throat> But this stuff happening in America is happening because we've, we've been spending more money than we've been taking in for very, very many years, and no one wants to say no. And so we keep going deeper and deeper into debt, and we keep doing loose money policies that are now finally at a, at a point where nothing can be done. Their only solution is to print more money, which makes more inflation, and that, and that keeps the spiral going. So because it's, it, you have to have faith— in God to, to, to know that even if things go bad here in, in the future, you're going to be okay. He's going to work good from it, okay? So, so the, to me, the most obvious thing, the better thing, rather than stick our head in the sand and continue to believe what the media is spinning, that, that it's all going to work out and it's going to be okay, okay? Look at the facts and say, you know what? I'm going to believe God, okay? If your faith's there, all right, then you work your business, you be a good steward, you be a good husband, wife, father, mother, but don't think all of that stuff's going to save you when the crud hits the fan, but you know from Romans 8, 28 that it'll all work out. Back in 09, um, back in 08, the market 
corrected what's called the Great Recession, okay? But in my industry, it was the Great Depression because we lost 90% of our business in three weeks when Lehman went down. And, and those next four years were abject misery for me, okay? I, I lost um, all this business. I had to let all these employees go. Um, I, I, I had to just struggle just to make ends meet. I, I didn't file bankruptcy. I just kept paying everyone down, but, but I couldn't pay them off quick enough. So I'm running 30, 60, 90, 120 days for months on a time. Um, then I end up in a divorce and, and all of a sudden my whole persona, I was a, a, a successful married Christian businessman. And now I was a divorced bankrupt, you know, uh, uh, failed businessman. And, and, and it was horrible. It was a horrible time, but here I am today. I made it through. God pulled me through. I actually watched times where, where I, and slowly I gave my business over to the Lord. I turned it over to the Lord. I actually saw days where, where I was at the end of my rope and money popped into my account. The exact dollar amount that I needed popped into my account from something random that had no idea. And it was just enough to make it through that day. I began to learn to, to feed on the grace of God. He, he humbled me, he, he, whatever. And I would say that even though I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, I wouldn't trade that time for anything because of what God did to prepare me. So now I'm in a better place. I'm ready for for whatever's about to come. But remember, this isn't the end end game, guys. We're tr- we're going to have jobs and stuff in heaven. So God prepares us here for what he's going to prepare for us there. So he prepared me for the things that were to come. And so Romans 8:28 was absolutely true. He worked even all that bad, all that misery for my good. So I know that no matter how bad things get down the road, God will work it for good. He's truly in control, and I trust him. The question is, do you? Have you turned your business and your life over to him? It's the safest place to be. Turn each area of your life over to him. And it's hard, man. I I mean... I got convicted yesterday on an area that I'm holding on to, trying to control. In fact, today I was struggling with time management because I made a couple bad calls. It's, it's, a, it's a constant daily thing to grow, but, but you know who holds the, the, the future in his hands, right? None of this stuff surprises him, and, and, and there is a plan for you. So, so what I want to encourage you is this. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, man. Turn your, the pieces of your life over to the Lord. And then look at the things that are really happening and say, does this make sense? I'm paying eight bucks for eggs. Does it make sense that it's going to go back to 99 cents anytime soon? Um, you know, does this make sense that, that our government can't pay its bills? And that's bad. It's bad if the only way you can pay your bills is by borrowing more money. If the only way you can pay your mortgage payment is by borrowing on credit card, there's going to be a point where the notes get called. And that will happen here, too. Um, At some point, the world will say, this isn't a safe place anymore to put our money. But the Bible says in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. That's the place you want to be. You want to turn it over to the Lord. Trust him. Really trust him. Stop worrying about whether you have enough money in your 401k, okay? God's going to work it out. It will be okay. Turn it all over to him, and that'll allow you to see the truth without fear, without anxiety, and without anxiousness and nervousness and worry. And that is a great place to be. Take care and God bless.